Hello. Will you stop with the ASMR? Hello and welcome to episode two of the Debate Hub podcast. This one is entitled, You've Won How Many Competitions? And we've got two of our wonderful students, uh, Molly and Sophia, joining us. Hi. <laughs> and of course, I'm joined as always by my co-host. Hello. Dr. Etheridge. Um, so today we're talking to Molly and Sophia because they are at the end of their junior season, which means that they are coming to the end of year 10 and are no longer considered juniors debaters. Now, to give some context, Molly and Sophia are about as good as you can possibly get at juniors debating. And the sort of evidence for this is that there's a competition. Uh, yes, they're now dancing in studio. Um, there's, a com- there's a competition uh, called the International Competition for Young Debaters. Uh, which is uh, held jointly by Cambridge and Oxford in alternating years and is generally seen as sort of the closest thing we have to world championships for under-16s because, of course, the world championships is for kids up to the age of 18. Um, Recently, at the finals day of ICYD, uh, Molly and Sophia broke first uh, with three firsts and one second out of four rounds, uh, meaning that they sort of topped the ICYD tab. Um, they've also done other good things in debating. They won LSE Juniors earlier this year, um, and uh, Molly won UCL Juniors this year, Sophia won UCL Juniors last year, etc., etc. So, they're very, very good at debating, uh, is, the, is the long and short of that. They've both been debating since year seven, and we're going to talk to them a little bit about their experience, some of their thoughts and recommendations. So, I think, starting from the start, girls, how did you get involved in debating? For me... It was kind of something that I knew I had to do going into the senior school, but didn't really know like the form it took. So like in the junior school, I did the kind of like very rudimentary like debating society there, which is basically where we like looked at our iPad and like looked up why is animal testing bad for about half an hour after school one day. But I really, really enjoyed all the public, the very few, but all of them, the public speaking stuff that we did at the junior school. And because of that, when I got to the senior school, I was like, I want to do this. So I kind of just signed up for a debating competition, which was a mixer with another school. Went, had no idea what I was doing. I'd never been to the club before, but I kind of enjoyed it. So I started going to the club and that's how I joined basically. Mine was quite different. I started in in year seven, I joined Model United Nations. Um, and it, and it was, it was, it was kind of boring because I didn't speak as much as I wanted to basically. Um, and Dr. Etheridge was running both debating and model UN at the same time and convinced me to join, like switch over to debating. So I did and model UN kind of died out and now I do debating. I like the implication that you leaving made model UN. I was the only person there. (laughs) You have to keep in mind that when she says Dr. Etheridge was running them at the same time, we mean at the same time, like they were on the same day, like running between classrooms at the same time really classic so. exposures on my profession yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fair it's fair we quickly we quickly decided debating took priority over model UN maybe we should have podcast about that at some point yeah. actually but yeah <laughs> just that can go on our like hit list podcast like, yeah. things, things we don't like yeah. and why so uh, you both started in year seven Molly slightly towards the start of year seven and Sophia slightly towards the end of year seven so this is now the end of year 10 so you've been debating for more than three years both of you and at some point between the end of year seven and now which did include a pandemic uh we'll, we'll point out you obviously made a decision where this went from being like a hobby or something fun you were doing to something you were taking quite seriously because even if you are very very talented being like the best does obviously take a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work and and you've both put that hard work in when did that decision like oh i want to do this well happen or how did it happen or was it even conscious the day that I joined because (laughs) (laughs) it's true um 
Because what I saw other people debating who were much better than me, older, you know, older girls who'd been doing it for longer. And I was like, you know what? I want to be as good as them or better. And I want to win everything because, but that I wanted to win all of the model UN things that we didn't actually do. So, you know, naturally <laughs> just transferred that over into debating. Um, for me, again, it was slightly different. Um, I don't have quite the same competitive spirit as Sophia. Uh, so for me, I didn't go into debating. I didn't even know there was a lot of stuff you could win. I'm not sure I knew there was competitions. I just kind of like walked in. was like, this seems kind of interesting. Um, but I think in terms of like actually like aspiring to win like larger competitions and do well at things like ITYD or ICID or whatever you want to call it, it was a gradual thing for me. So like it was never conscious. I just was doing more competitions and it never occurred to me to like not sign up for competitions or not come to the club and I kind of the more I did it the more I enjoyed it so I was like you know and the better I was getting in it and then the better you get the more you enjoy it again so I was just kind of like snowballing into doing bigger things. Was there a moment or, or a series of moments at any point in the last few years where you kind of realized that you were actually very good or that you had the potential to be very, very good. In year eight, when Olivia and I <laughs> broke gold at Edinburgh Juniors, and we we didn't win that final, but it was kind of a moment of like, oh my goodness, I can actually break at things. And I've just lost this final to two people who are about two years older than me anyway. So, um, and then the next year when we I get that, when we went on to win the same competition, um, that's come, I think Edinburgh was basically my kind of realization, my moment of realization, yeah. I don't think I had the same moment of realization. I still probably have a lot more doubts than Sophia does. But um, I think the closest thing for me was, the context is basically that I only won a competition for the first time this year. I really only broke gold as far as I'm aware kind of last year but the thing that I'd always done kind of okay or well at was the speaker tab and so I think for me the first thing just because it felt to me like one of my first major successes was um like mm, I think it was topping the Edinburgh speaker tab that first year you guys got into the gold final in year eight so I think I don't think it was a big moment of like I'm gonna be really good or anything like that because I don't think I've still had I still don't think I've had a moment like that but um I think it's just that was at least something that like motivated me because I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not winning competitions, but hey, here's a metric I can win on. Like, Yeah, super interesting. Very different routes to, uh, <laughs> to confidence there. I've also enjoyed the contrast between uh, you guys and your attitudes versus the alumni we had in and their like, super chill uh, approach to debating. It's, it's very entertaining. Um, so given that then, for students who um, want to be very competitively successful, what would your advice be? Do everything. Train, train, train. Yeah. And sign up to like as many competitions as possible. Judge because especially if you're any speaker. (laughs) (laughs) No, but especially if you're like me and you're you're a whip speaker as well. I find it really, really, really helps to be able to judge a BP debate. Just keep showing up consistently as well. And also Mm. in training, when you're having a practice debate, using that debate to focus on whatever you know that you're bad at. Or like, for example, if I don't usually like give PM speeches, I'm, you know, if I'm paired with like specific people, I might do that in a practice debate. I'd never normally do that in a competition because I would feel like it wasn't necessarily the best way to like win that debate. But when you're practicing, you want to like do everything you're worst at so you can actually get better at that and then like be 
amazing in a competition. Yeah, I would say similar things. So just practice as much as you can. And I think the key thing with that as well is that debating can sometimes be really tiring. And especially when you have these stretches where you just have like competition, 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 which you'll find increasingly if you decide that you want to do more of it. It's just about like keeping doing those. Sometimes like on the day of a competition, you're going to you're going to wake up like I don't want to do this or you're going to go to practice and you're going to be like, I've had a long day of school. I'm exhausted. I'd rather sit out. And maybe even if it's just like judge for today, just do the debate. Like obviously, you know, judge when you're judging your years and stuff. But when you get the opportunity to do practice debate, always do it. If you get into habits of just sitting out again and again, you won't want to do it. And I've felt myself wanting to do that, but I'm so glad now that I haven't. Yeah, when you're halfway through the spring term, just remember <laughs> it will end. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. And you, you'll be fine in the debate once you get into it. It's just about motiv- motivating yourself to start and not letting yourself fall out of what can be hard to Especially start. during prep time. Yeah. I think these are really good bits of advice, not least because certainly there are de- we've definitely seen over the years students who just love doing the thing they love to do. So if it's like, I love rebuttal, I'll, I will do that for four or five minutes, no matter what <laughs> you know my coaches say. So yeah, I think that's definitely a really good tip. And definitely, Molly, what you were just saying there about the amount of... Um, the amount of debates it takes to do to, to, to work through the tiredness kind of thing you know when it's round four of a difficult competition you need to have had experience of debating when you really don't want to and I think that's that's a really useful tip yeah I, I was gonna say these were really good tips girls I think the consistency thing is, is so underrated because I think a lot of debaters or a lot of prospective debaters sometimes say to us things like oh yeah next year I'm gonna like take it really seriously or like next year I'm gonna commit to it and like that's fine but I think the, the interesting thing about Molly and Sophia is uh, Molly wasn't as big a fan of online debating. I think that's fair to say, right? I hated it. <laughs> to be fair, I really didn't like it either, but I had to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I kind of stopped for a while because I hated it so much. Yeah, so I think there was there was a, definitely a pause there for Molly. And I think there was actually an interesting thing where I think, because you said you, you were later getting to finals than Sophia, I think because Sophia did sort of overtake a little bit because she was still debating during online. But then this, yeah. the last sort of year and a half, you really like caught up. Um, but I think it is important about that consistency because it's not that you guys like one term a year or for a couple months are like super motivated, do every competition, every training and then like slack off for a few months. Like you really are like every Thursday we're there since year seven, <laughs> like just, yeah. just like weekly. And even when it was online competitions, you were still coming to training because it was in person. Yeah. So I think that thing of like, some people do maniacally commit for like six months and, and level up. In general, a lot of diminishing marginal returns and how much debating you can do in a week, in a day, even in a month or a term. But you can do a very consistent amount every like week do training, every every week do a lunchtime practice, every month do a competition. And over like three, four years, the, the sort of uh, rolling effect of that is absolutely enormous. Yeah, sorry, that's just one thing. It is worth speaking at um, things like lunchtime practices, even if you're used to five minute speeches and you're only getting three or whatever, like just because just for different situations and different sorts of debates make you really focus on different things so it is worth doing debates in like different circumstances to usual i think the thing as well is if you're literally doing like a large volume of debates you're also getting through more motions and like it can sound like a small thing but motions and variations of motions and things that aren't the same motion but really have the same arguments just keep coming up so if you've done debates you've literally just debated stuff that is more likely to come up again and that is going to be like a hack to doing well yeah i think that's a really good point actually approaching the same kind of problem from different sides but also what you're mm. saying there about the amounts of time even doing a short time, lunchtime debate I think that kind of makes sense of your ability to cram so much in when you do have five minutes yeah. um, we talked before on one of the podcasts about the time at Cambridge Sophia when you managed to cram in like a million things into five minutes I genuinely still don't understand how neither but, do I but I do think well one reason I think it was possible
possible is because you have practiced trying to do that in three minutes. So the more you're used to kind of honing, the more likely you are to kind of pick the salient stuff when it matters. Um, so that's the good the good stuff then. So what what would you do differently? This is a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Picking out things you might have done, you know, that you would want to change. I would have read the ICYD semi-finals motion properly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That Same. is a very good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, for context, a couple of key words were missing uh, when the girls read that particular motion that would have perhaps changed the outcome of the semi-final. Wrong case. Yeah. <laughs> let's, not, let's not remind ourselves of traumatic Everyone memories. has to go through reading the question yeah. I would have, you know, once in their lives in some form. And this is going to sound really like, annoying and cringy, but I would have like, not beat myself up so much when I didn't think I was as good as mm. other people like uh, like doing the club. And honestly, at times, it was like definitely true, especially because I just did stop for a while in year eight because I genuinely couldn't deal with online debating and I was just hating lockdown in general to be honest Mm. but like I think the result of that and the position it put on me I found really difficult and it didn't stop me from doing debating but I was just giving myself a really hard time before and after every debate and I just it might have been true but it was never helpful to me like I never got better because of it I got better because I just kept doing debating and because I and honestly I got better faster the more I started enjoying it and the less I sort of kept pushing this kind of like imposter syndrome on myself and stuff which is definitely a, like a lot of people struggle with that in debating I think even if you don't Sophia a lot of people do <laughs> um, Sophia's giving me like a skeptical it's not look to you, it's not to you yeah so yeah I guess I just would have like just go easier on yourself even when you do feel and maybe you literally are like behind the pack because going hard on yourself doesn't actually get you anywhere you can practice and be nice to yourself I think even at times this year Molly despite the fact that I think there was a good stat where you've not fourth at all this year obviously yeah, one <laughs> one one UCL juniors LSE juniors broke first to ICYD I think you were best speaker at LSE best speaker at UCL there was a time this year where you're like I just don't know if I'm like really debating as well as I should <laughs> maybe, maybe this is my plateau maybe it's all down the road you didn't take a first in one practice debate like maybe a little perspective um, so yeah that's fine debating is particularly harsh um, because it like criticism is inherently criticism at like your intellectual abilities basically yeah. right um, so rough. I feel like it's a lot easier to just have an off day like as soon as you're tired there's the potential for you to run a really bad case, not read a word in emotion, and then get like heavy criticism on top of it because OAs can be really, really harsh. And it's yeah. just worth remembering that like someone has to take a fourth in every room. Yeah. Someone has to be criticized in every room. And it's not like it's not like personal and you're not like si- like silly. Okay, just moving kind of, I mean, I think we, I probably can anticipate your answer, but I wonder whether you could nuance it for different, different types of listener potentially. Um, would you recommend debating? Obviously, like, yes, I'm not going to say no. Um, But I do think that I've seen people love it more than others, right? Um, And I think that it's, as with everything, certain types of people are always going to enjoy it more. I think, especially if you're going into the, like, UK BP school circuit, you have to be fairly competitive, I think, or at least, you know, or at least have some sort of drive to complete four rounds, potentially five or six in one day. Um, I think you also... Like, I just think you have to be able to, and this can be brought up over time as well, but I think just think you have to be able to deal with pressure and stress quite well. Um, time pressure, but also like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing pressure. Um, and I think, again, it's a skill that can be learned, but some people are probably more suited to it than others. Like, um, if you enjoy, you know, fast paced, um, thinking on your feet, like 
you know, m- more competitive um, and slightly more structured kind of speaking, then BP is perfect. But if you are more laid back and you might, you know, you're a bit more chill um, and you potentially don't, you know, care as much about like beating everyone else, then maybe something like something more conversational, like a philosopher on it might be like a better fit. But I would obviously recommend trying debating to like literally everyone. Yeah, I think kind of similar. I would definitely recommend like just going like to your debating club and just starting doing some of it to literally everyone because even if you don't like enjoy the competitive side it, i promise you it helps you in a billion different ways one you can flex to family members not that's the most important <laughs> thing but i promise you they love it and other parents as well yeah, you'll be true. the favorite friend but more importantly <laughs> um uh just being able to like think of arguments quickly and being able to justify them if you take history gcse that's going to be great for you if you take pnr gcse that's going to be great for you just generally in life at dinner table conversations you're going to feel more confident engaging in them all of these kinds of things it's helpful but i think there is a line between recommending everyone to like go to debating and recommending everyone to like do like mega debating which i feel like is different (laughs) right like i think debating can be for everyone i think that don't go into it with the intention of like, I am joining debating because I am going to win X, Y, and Z. I think that, or I'm going to have like X type of career. Like I know Sophia, you joined it with like (laughs) competitive intention, but I don't think it was kind of the same because I don't think you quite understood like how good you were going to get. That's probably true. Right. Like, so I think, I, I, I think that that means that, you know, by all means, everyone should go and try it, but just see how you like it. Like, you know, and then you can do more if you want and you can do less if you want. Either way, you're going to gain valuable skills. So don't worry. And also, if you do a comp, like I would recommend to everyone who enjoys like going to their debating club to sign up for one competition yeah. and try it. But if you really, really hate that competition and not because of the debating, not because you're taking thoughts, but because you actively dislike like what you're doing and you're getting stressed or tired, you know, they're very loud. Everyone's always talking, not just in the debates, right? Yeah. Um, and they're tiring. Not so much at juniors ones. Well, but... If you really, really dislike the actual competition, like yeah. I don't, it's the sort of thing that can is because it's very like mental as well. It can be very mentally draining to do something like that for an entire Saturday that you don't enjoy. So like, just knowing yourself. Yeah. So I think like in summary, give it a go, but don't don't force yourself. Don't force yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think we would agree. We would. Certainly yeah. don't force yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's it's a really key distinction there that just like you know, um, if you want to get in shape. Yeah, another gym metaphor that everyone hates. Always right? the gym. <laughs> yeah. like I don't understand <laughs> these references. Yeah, like it's it's great for to go along and for a couple of weeks, like try a new thing, like the bike or running or or even lifting weights. But it would be absurd to go along having never lifted weights before and be like, right, I'm gonna try and break a powerlifting record, um, or I'm gonna become like like you know the rock. Um, that is a, a very very silly thing. And if you do go along to the gym and you do weightlifting for a couple of weeks and you hate it like why he's still doing it uh, but i think we would very much do the same for debating so that brings us to the end of another episode of a debate hub podcast a huge thank you to molly and sophia for giving up a free periods to record with us we really do appreciate it and i hope that you the listener learned a lot from listening to these two girls who really are walking the walk when it comes to competitive debating now the full conversation with molly and sophia was actually about an hour long and included discussions of BP, whether it's a good format, alternative forms of oracy, and how to sort of become a more stylistic speaker. We may release either the entire hour unedited or 
potentially clip some of the things that weren't included in this version of the podcast in another episode. But for now, we're going to stop there at about 20 minutes. Uh, We hope you found it useful and we'll see you on the next episode of the Debate Hub podcast. Thank you.